Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to 10, 11 actually. We have one on the way due in September and 30-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of three soon-to-be-four books, The Unhurried Homeschooler, The Four-Hour School Day, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. My new book coming out March 5th is Raising Boys to Men, a simple, mercifully short book on raising and homeschooling boys. I'm really excited to get this book into the hands of moms. And I just want to let you know that if you order Raising Boys to Men on March 5th, which is the day that the book comes out, you will receive free access to the unhurried um sorry, The Unhurried Homeschooler audiobook, um, which is actually available for the first time. So I'm really excited to be able to offer that as an incentive to order on launch day, which is March 5th. Now, if you subscribe to my email list, you'll receive a reminder email the day before with a link so that you can take your uh, receipt number and enter that in and get access to the free audiobook. So if you haven't signed up for my email list, please do that because that'll keep you updated and apprised for of apprised of everything that um, is going on with the book. We're going to be doing some fun giveaways for uh, the subscribers. I've got some great t-shirts and books that I'm going to be giving away. So um, follow the link in the show notes to sign up for my email list. And then in addition to that, when you do that, you're also going to receive my devotional Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart for free. So also, if you have a teen, please be sure to stay tuned in after the prayer at the end to hear about an amazing opportunity from Excel College. Now, many of you may recall the disturbing experience my family had with CPS in 2022. Thankfully, the Lord protected us, but at the time, we did not realize that we could have had full legal representation from the Christian nonprofit Heritage Defense. Membership benefits include a 24-7 hotline for when CPS is at the door, full legal representation from the initial visit all the way to court, and legal consultations at no additional cost. You guys, all of this is only $19 a month or $190 for a year. I was so impressed by their coverage that I decided to buy membership for my children and their families, and I would advise other homeschooling grandparents to do the same. The peace of mind is 100% worth it. To learn more or apply for membership, visit heritagedefense.org, which you can find in the show notes. Today, um, I've got Monica Swanson here with me to talk about raising amazing, um, bringing up kids who love God, like their family, and do the dishes without being asked. Now, is that even possible? Um, We're going to find out. But first, I want to share one of my favorite math resources, CTC Math. Have you ever wished that your child could revisit earlier lessons or jump ahead when they're ready? Here's a not-so-secret gem that I've come across. CTC Math, where boundaries in learning simply don't exist. With a single subscription, you gain access to all lessons across all grade levels, from kindergarten right up to 12th grade. Now imagine the freedom. Struggling with a concept? Jump back a grade for clarity. Ready to advance? Forge ahead. Perfect for homeschoolers, after-school tutoring, or anyone wanting to truly master math at their own pace. Unlock unlimited potential with CTC Math. Dive in today at ctcmath.com and redefine your educational journey. I'll leave a link in the show notes to that as well. Okay, I am 
so excited because I finally have my friend Monica here to talk about raising amazing kids. Now, it has been a long time coming. Monica and I have gotten to know each other over the last couple of years, but especially over the last several months. And I love her heart to encourage moms. We are definitely kindred spirits. And I'm so glad she's here with us today. I'm going to give you a little bit of background. And when I do, you'll probably recognize her. Monica Swanson is a popular blogger, host of the Monica Swanson podcast, and author of Boy Mom and Raising Amazing. Born and raised in the Pacific Northwest, Monica graduated from Pepperdine University and earned her teaching credential from Linfield College. Monica has a bachelor's degree in sports medicine and has spent much of her life as a personal coach and trainer. She and her doctor husband, Dave, have one college graduate son, two boys in college, and one son still at home. The Swanson family enjoys growing tropical fruit at their family home in the country on the north shore of Oahu, Hawaii, and spend a lot of time at the beach riding waves or capturing sunsets. That sounds wonderful, Monica. Thank you (laughs) for being here. I'm so excited. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. All right. Well, I just want to start out by talking about this book of yours because Mm. the title is, is pretty... Uh, it kind of grabs you, you know, Mm. like raising amazing. And then the Mm -hmm. subtitle cracked me up, you know, like who doesn't want their kids to uh, do the dishes without being told. (laughs) So um, tell us about the title of your book, um, maybe why you even chose it and what the readers should expect when they, when they read this book. Oh, definitely. I always appreciate it when I get a chance to talk about the title, because to be honest, I had mixed feelings about this title because as much as I don't even remember where it came from, but you know, you have back and forth with your publisher as you're coming up with a book concept. And at some point we suggested Raising Amazing. It just had a fun, you know, it just, Mm -hmm. like you said, it's just catchy. They loved it. But as soon as we agreed on it, I started to backpedal because right? I was like, I don't want people to get the wrong feeling. Like they're going to think that I think my kids are amazing or what am I trying to say? But they were like, no, I think this is it. And so I felt a little bit stuck with it. And since then I've gone back and forth again and again. However, I will say there's there's two ways of looking at it. One is we want to raise amazing kids. We want, I mean, the, the definition right. I use for amazing is a pleasant surprise or something that causes wonder. And oh, to I me, love that. that has nothing to do with worldly success or achievements. It's all about the heart and being a pleasant surprise in this dark world, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I also believe that every child is amazing because every child is made in the image of God. And therefore it is our job now to raise these kids who are already amazing. So let's do our best as parents to raise amazing kids. So that's that's the story. I love that because Mm. basically what you're saying is every kid comes with some amazing Mm. in them, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we're, but our job is to cultivate that Mm -hmm. in them. I I just, I love that so much, that pleasant surprise. And I think as you said those words, I was thinking about, and you've probably experienced this too, you know, now having adult kids, Mm. it's like they are such a pleasant surprise Mm -hmm. because, you know, all those years when we're investing and we're cultivating and we're, we're doing our best. Yeah. We're not sure Mm -hmm. what the results are going to be. We're hopeful, but we all know we're imperfect parents. And, you know, we look around and we look at, you know, so many 
kids, you know, out there who are struggling Mm -hmm. um, for Mm -hmm. one reason or another, even the kids of really awesome parents, Mm -hmm. you know, it just, it happens. And so there's just, there's no guarantees Mm -hmm. that you're going to raise amazing kids. But I also believe that God is a faithful God. Mm -hmm. And when we put that effort forth, to please him as we're raising our kids, I do believe that he blesses that mm-hmm. and Absolutely. he honors that. He and does. so that's really where we're putting our hope. But, but you know, as we did that, you know, you probably were like me where some days I looked at my husband and said, if these kids are going to, if they turn out okay, it's, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be <laughs> a, a miracle is right. what I called it, you know, yeah. <laughs> because we feel so, um, oh, sometimes just so not qualified. As a parent. Exactly. Yes. You know, Definitely. so then then now we're to that phase where it's like, oh my goodness, I love these people. Mm. I love these adult kids of yes. mine. Yes. And and it is a pleasant surprise because you really weren't sure. Right. <laughs> oh, and God's been so faithful. And I always say my very favorite parenting verse, my vision has always been Third John verse four that says, I have no greater joy than to hear mm. that my children walk in truth. And that's just always been the goal. You know, whatever they choose to do in life, however, whatever direction they go, as long as they walk in truth. And sometimes it does take a while. I have friends whose kids are currently prodigals and we're praying mm-hmm. for them to return. But, um, and, and there's no doubt, like you already mentioned, we don't have control and our kids do have that thing that God gives all of us, which is a free will mm-hmm. and only God is sovereign. However, we have such an opportunity as parents to pour into those lives and do everything we can so that then we can rest assured that we've done our part and the rest is between our kids and the Lord. Mm, that's absolutely true. And, you know, we live in a culture that's just changing really quickly. Mm. And I think that parents are, um, they're anxious and mm-hmm. they're fearful yeah. about the world and where it's going and the culture. For good reason. And yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, there are concerning things, but yes. don't you believe that there have always been concerning yes. things? I mean, absolutely. It, I always, often I hear people say, oh, times are so terrible as they're talking to me with a latte in their hand, you know? <laughs> and I'm kind of like, have you read your history book? Because we actually <laughs> so have true. it pretty good right now. Yes, there are things to be concerned about for sure. Yes. And when we see things that um, we notice, even the last few years have changed so quickly. And I think that does instill a certain amount of anxiety and fear mm-hmm. or can. Mm-hmm. It can be tempting towards that. Mm-hmm. We don't have to give in to that. But right. my question for you is, because you, you have a very positive attitude <laughs> about um, the present, about the future, about uh, being a parent. So how do you stay so positive and hopeful mm-hmm. about raising the next generation of kids in the midst of all of this? What would you say to parents out there who are struggling with that? Yes. Well, I know that the Lord has made each of us very uniquely and some parents, some some of us tend more towards the anxious side or the positive mm-hmm. side. So some of that is, I just like to wake up with a glass half full for sure. Right. <laughs> but with that being said, I also think that we get to choose where our to focus. And I think that the more we set our hearts and our minds on the fact that God's already won, that the battle has been, you know, we know how this mm-hmm. thing ends. Mm-hmm. And as long as we focus on the most important things and don't get sidetracked by so many little details that don't really matter in the big picture, then I think it's a lot easier to stay positive. And also, I would say I've just really spent a lot, lot of time looking at 
those who have gone ahead of me who have done a great mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who have raised kids into adulthood who do love the Lord and who do have a great relationship with mom and dad. And instead of listening to all the junk you can hear out there, if you're tuned into social media too much and there's all this dread of the teenage years and everyone's got to you know, find their own way and all this nonsense, I just say, no, actually, I'm going to listen to the people who have done well. Maybe they've made mistakes, but they've learned mm-hmm. from them. And I'm just going to march forward, trusting God and doing my very best. And then um, you know, make it an adventure along the way. Right, right, exactly. I think that's such a good attitude to have. And I think it's important for the sake of our kids that we mm-hmm. keep that kind of attitude because we can. I yes. mean, if we look at scripture and we look at the messages that are consistently given to us throughout mm. scripture, we have every reason to hope, Yes, every reason to hope. And yes. so- I love that. And I think one of the things that's challenging in our particular culture, even though, you know, um, you know, we do have some fears and some concerns about some things that are going on. At the flip side is we live in a pretty affluent culture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so in terms of our comfort and all of that, it can be super easy for us to um, spoil our kids without even mm. realizing it, like oh, indulge yeah. them. Yes. So I think that because of that, we live in a culture where as parents, we actually need to create challenges <laughs> yeah. for our kids. So talk yes. about what that looks like. Um, when do parents need to do that? Oh, um, and then yes. how can they do that? Absolutely. The sooner the better. <laughs> because right? like I say in my book, you know, I mean, I think that for the most part, our kids do have a really easy, comfortable life. And yes, there are exceptions. There's kids who deal with, you know, some disabilities or learning challenges or, you know, things going on in the family that are just really tragic. However, most of our kids sleep in a bed at night. They get Mm -hmm. three meals plus snacks. I mean, a roof over their head. That's more than most people in the world, I would say. And so I think that because of that, and, and we also know that it's a fact that Adversity grows character. The mm-hmm. challenges make a kid strong and ready for the world. And so, yes, it is our responsibility as parents to make sure that our kids experience some hard things. Mm-hmm. So I think you and I agree that when they're young, that might just come in the form of doing some chores, you know, mm-hmm. and especially mm-hmm. for those boys, you and I both have boys and I know <laughs> your book is about boys and my first book was too, but I think that getting them outdoors, doing some hard things, you know, letting them mm-hmm. get a little dirty and sweaty and grow the those muscles and build them up as young men is going to really help them develop the character they need to face everything that's waiting for them one day. So mm-hmm. chores, hard work, uh, not rescuing them too quickly when they face challenges, whether that's through you know sports or a job or anything else. It's so easy for us as moms to want to swoop in and, and mm-hmm. solve all of our kids' problems. But sometimes we need to sit back and pray for them and encourage them, but let them walk through something hard. Let them face the consequences of bad choices. So um, it's not easy, but I think it's so worth the efforts to do all those things. It really is. And even when they're little and they're working on their first little chores or whatever, and they're struggling, it's so easy as a mom mm. to want to jump in and rescue yep. them. But you're right. Stepping back, let them let them struggle. The struggle is so important. I think it especially is. for boys, mm-hmm. um, that struggle is so important because they need to conquer. Yes. And, and if we take that away from them, we're actually taking away a gift from them that mm-hmm. they desperately need. Oh, and absolutely. so it starts from a really, really, really young age. So mm-hmm. um, you actually have a character 
course, don't you? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, I'd love to. Yes, I have. um, Actually, after my first book, Boy Mom, came out, there's a chapter in there about character. And I tell the story in that chapter that we, you know, you you teach your kids when they're young, all the character things and, and you feel like you're doing a great job. And then sometimes they hit those teenage years and you just wonder if any of it stuck at all. (laughs) And one of our sons just went through a stage about 13 years old that I was really frustrated because I felt like, like, even though thankfully there wasn't anything, you know, big, he wasn't doing drugs or, or right, anything horrible, right. his attitude just stunk and it was affecting our whole family. Mm-hmm. And so after a lot of time praying and talking to my husband and scratching our heads, trying to figure out what we might do, I had this idea and I won't go into the full story, but basically I was like, this kid needs some character training and I think he right. needs it from somebody other than mom and dad. Right. So at that point, I gathered just a, a list off the top of my head of some YouTube channels, some TED Talks, some um, different blogs I was reading that seemed really inspirational. And I told that son that every day, in addition to his quiet time and his chores, I said, you're going to spend 30 minutes character training. And that means you're going to read or listen to or watch something that will inspire character. And then I gave him a blank journal and I said, you are required to write down every day the date what it is you read, watched, or listened to, and then one nugget, just something, just tell me anything you got from that. Right. And of course, his first question for anyone out there who has more than one child could guess, his first question was, well, are the brothers doing it? Uh uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I was like, actually, they're not, but this isn't about them because we parent individually. And so at first he kind of was, did it begrudgingly, but after a few weeks, I started to look at his journal and there wasn't just a a nugget. There was sometimes pages of notes. Mm -hmm. And pretty soon he had little note cards posted above his desk with, with a quote or a Bible verse. And pretty soon he would walk in the kitchen where we were all gathered. And instead of us cringing, waiting for him to be critical, I could just see that he was thinking before he spoke about what he was going to say. And so this began to really shape him and inspire him. And now to this day, he loves podcasts and sermons and he's just like a junkie when it comes to all that. And I really believe that this discipline of daily having him do these things was really helpful. In in addition to, now it's not a magic formula. We were also right. doing all the other things and disciplining right, and right. reading the Bible, but... After I had written that, I had so many people reach out and be like, I want that list. Can you get me that list? I was like, oh, trust Mm -hmm. me, that list was not very good. But um, in addition to that, I didn't want people to think it would be a quick fix. So I put together this online course. It's called the Character Training Course and did it in the summer of 2020. And I now open the doors three times a year. And actually it will be opening this March. So if anyone is listening, definitely go to my website, leave your name and um, you'll hear when the doors open. But it's been such a blessing to share that with the world. Mm, that's great because I think that a lot of parents out there uh, didn't have the experience of having mm-hmm. parents who who parented like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's so often we can look at some of our, you know, maybe ways that we don't want to parent our mm-hmm. kids. And mm-hmm. and but then we're like, well, how how do we do it? Yeah. You know, so it's so wonderful to have a resource like that Absolutely. to go to and say, kind of, this is what it actually looks like in real life. And yes. um, so uh, going back to just so much going on in the culture and, mm-hmm. you know, how much do we talk to our kids about what's happening and when and, you know, so you recommend that readers talk about everything with their kids, especially <laughs> regarding regarding cultural, social, and even political issues. So tell us why you think this is important mm-hmm. and what advice do you have for parents who aren't big talkers or who mm. may not feel qualified to cover certain topics? 
Absolutely, such an important question. And yes, I I use the phrase um, setting the first tracks, and I I picture in my mind when I say that you know my family went on one one big vacation. Uh, living in Hawaii, you don't get to take a lot of trips as a family. So we're usually right. visiting visiting relatives or something. But two years ago, we went to the mountains. And I remember getting up to the top of the mountain and my husband looking at the boys and being like, we get to set the first tracks. And just that image of, of when you ski down a mountain and you're setting those tracks and then everyone can go in the tracks behind you. And how that is a lot like this, the topics that will come up in our kids' lives. Wherever they hear about something first is going to set the first tracks in their mm-hmm. mind. So do we want their first impressions of, of things like, you know, hot topics, gender, sexuality, um, you know, all the cultural issues that we face? Do we want them to hear about it from the internet, from a friend, from a teammate? Or do we want to be the first ones to bring that up as awkward or painful or difficult as it might be? And I say, bring these things up before they hear about them anywhere else and make sure that you set a biblical foundation for each of these topics so that then when they hear about it from somebody else, they're going to be comparing it to what they heard at home. They're going to be able to line that up and decide, is this in agreement with what mom and dad said, which we hope is in agreement with the Mm -hmm. Bible. So we want to make sure we're turning to scripture for the things we teach our kids. And absolutely, it can be challenging if if you're more introverted, if you're not a talker. Some of us moms are like, can't my husband be the one to talk about this? And yes, ideally, they are involved in the conversation. But I know in my family, my husband's a doctor. You would think he'd be the one, but he's just a quieter guy. So I'm like, okay, I'll just do this. Let's talk. (laughs) (laughs) And so we're all awkward, but I say just fake like you're comfortable. Right, no, just right. open your mouth and start talking. And, and once you've done it, then your kids see you as a safe place. They think, okay, right. if mom's comfortable talking about that, then they're more likely to come to you when they have questions as well. So you got to push through it for the sake of your kids. It's worth getting through the awkward and just getting it out there. And you don't have to go like into detail or into depth, but you want to bring it up just so that they know you're okay talking about these things. Right, right. And I'm thinking like the, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing like the big age span here. You've got little, mm-hmm. littles and obviously oh, yeah. age appropriate, 100%. not even probably going to bring anything up exactly. for a while. However, yes. I one thing I did notice, I would watch my kids mm. when we were in the line at the grocery store. Usually <laughs> I was ahead of them. And if there were any inappropriate magazines, oh, I would yeah. flip them mm-hmm. so that they couldn't see the cover. Right. Um, but you know, sometimes you miss stuff. Yep. And so I would watch their faces mm. <clears throat> and I would take note if I thought that they noticed something. Mm-hmm. If I didn't think they noticed it, I didn't bring it up. Right. If I wondered or I thought for sure they did, I would bring it up when we got in the car. Mm-hmm. And I would say something like, hey, you know, we were standing in line there at the grocery store. Did you see some of the magazines that were there? And they're like, yeah. Did you notice anything? You know, so I'm kind of feeling around first yeah. yep. just to see because I don't want to bring something to their minds that they don't need to be thinking about yet, Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yes. But, um, but there is a certain point at which they notice things and mm-hmm. I would ask questions. So what did you, what did you notice about that? Mm-hmm. And they would tell me, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it would tell me how much, well, first of all, their perspective, which sm- mm-hmm. sometimes was hilarious. Right. Like sometimes they <laughs> missed 
the whole thing. Like <laughs> yes. I thought they, you know, were headed one direction and they completely missed the whole, like, what, where I thought we were what going. A and so, yeah, which was a great relief. But it's these kinds of things where we're being a student of our kids, mm-hmm. not just visually, but auditorially. So we're mm. listening to what they're talking about. Um, sometimes I would listen to my kids when they didn't know I was mm. around the corner mm-hmm. because sometimes certain things, they would bring certain things up that they wouldn't necessarily say in front of me. Yeah. Yep. And that gave me that opportunity to say, oh, we need to have a conversation about that. You know, That's right. so, <clears throat> but I love this. This is what you're shooting for. Like, mm-hmm. this is the goal is yeah. that there's no topic that is taboo. 100%. And if they know that we're going to say it, we're going to bring it up, we're going to say the words, then mm-hmm. like you said, they're not afraid to say the words then and exactly. bring it up. You yes. Know? yes. So I love that. Okay. So we've got the whole cultural thing going on. And I think that sometimes um, families feel pressure. Mm-hmm. to perform a certain, especially homeschooling families, mm-hmm. perform a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to do A, B, and C, or they're not good homeschoolers. There's mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff on social media that, you know, these memes and different things that that come out, and they, they have no context, but they mm-hmm. certainly can bring so much guilt mm-hmm. into our lives. And so let's talk a little bit about each family's unique culture. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Tell us how you encourage families to put intentional thought into their family culture, why it's important, mm-hmm. and how can you get your kids involved in that activity? Totally. No, I, I love this because I think that looking back, I realize that, you know, when you're first starting off as a family, oftentimes, I'm sure most people listening will agree things are busy. It's a blur. You're like mm-hmm. just trying to figure out marriage. You're probably just starting to figure out how to how to work and manage money and maybe getting a home or whatever else. And then all of a sudden you got these kids and and you kind of feel like you're just figuring it out one day at a time. And so you don't have that, that vision like you do maybe looking back. And then you look back and go, oh, we could have planned better. We could have we could right. have done so much better. And that's normal. That's part of the process. God knows what he's doing with all that. But I encourage those young families, anyone out there with little kids to, to take some time, even if it's on a date night or on a walk with your spouse or in your quiet time with the Lord, and just ask like, what do I want this family? Like, what are we doing as a family? What What's this going to look like one day when we're all grown and we look back? How do we want our family culture to look? And I think this is actually really fun because none of us had a choice in the family we grew up in, right? That's just right. how it was. But we mm-hmm. have a whole lot of freedom to to shape our families. Do we want to be a family that that is, you know, all about nature or that loves to read? Do is there certain music that defines us and and each parent will bring a lot of that just naturally because of who they are. And then you can begin to get intentional about like, well, what do we want our kids to be like? It doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be just how we were raised. What if we want to do Mm -hmm. things a little bit different? And so to have those conversations and I, you know, I encourage parents, not everyone loves these, but you might want to make a mission statement or at least have a Mm -hmm. set of values hanging on your wall. And then you start to talk about with your kids, talk to them and let them maybe give some input. If your kids are older, you can say things like, 
well, what do you think of when you think of our family? Name, name some words. What comes to mind? Right. And it starts to really become fun because every family is different and that's how God makes us. And, and then you start to celebrate, you know, you might have a child with, with a disability or special needs, or you might have something that makes your family challenged in a way, but you know what? That's a beautiful part of the picture. So mm-hmm. now let's talk about how we as a family can, can rally around that and make that be a beautiful part of who we are and our culture. So I say celebrate it. I say celebrate if your family loves Friday night pizza night or or, you know, doing a, a certain road trip every every year, that's part of what makes you you. So enjoy it and celebrate it and own it. And I believe that as kids grow up, their their tendency is often to go find their identity in a group of friends or in a team mm-hmm. or in something mm-hmm. they do. But the more you celebrate and talk about your family culture, the more likely they are to identify as, this is us. I'm, I'm a mm-hmm. Swanson or I'm a Wilson or, you know. Right, right. And so I just think it makes makes kids really feel like they have a place to belong at home and more likely to want to just keep coming back and being a part of that. Yeah, that is so important. I think um, you're right about just sort of thinking through and talking through what is our family culture? What do we love? What are we passionate about? Mm -hmm. You know, because from just even those conversations, you can create a bit of a mission. You know, if Mm -hmm. somebody, let's just give an example, um, maybe there's a family who really um, doesn't just, just really has a passion about uh, for people who are homeless you know, and maybe that's going to turn into something where they're, they they find some sort of ministry related mm-hmm. to that, that they do as a family, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think I think there is that in each family. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I do believe that there is something unique in each family. And then, but it's, it's being a, a kind of like, again, being a student of your family and um, kind of, having that conversation with your kids, with your husband. And I think it slowly gels over time and there becomes a stronger and stronger mission as a family um, towards those things that that you're passionate about. So it's something that is very, you, can, it, you can't like, oh, say here's steps A, B, and C and you'll know what that is. But I think it's a prayerful thing and it's a, it's a, an, an opportunity for a lot of really great conversations with our kids. And I think our kids' perspective too is so important. Final question. Um, In your book, you write, amazing kids grow out of amazing families and amazing families don't happen by (laughs) chance. So what's the first step Mm. um, to intentionally leading kids with purpose? Mm. Yes, well... A thread, a theme that was just throughout this book, every topic that came up, I was like, goodness, it just all comes back to, you can't give your kids something you don't have. And you can't fake a relationship with God. You can't fake character. So really it all starts with us as parents just saying, Lord, help me to walk in your truth and to be authentically who I want to be. And that'll never be perfection, but it can be an authentic example to our kids of a mom and a dad who love the Lord, who are trying their best to honor him with their life. And then out of the overflow of that comes, you know, all all the things we hope to give our kids. And 
again, we just can't fake that. So I would say being intentional begins with being intentional about our own life, our own faith, our own walk, and then just simply looking for those little opportunities. I think we can we can make things harder than they need to be. We can get overwhelmed and be like, oh, I can't think of everything. Well, you don't need to, but you can slow down and put your phone down, speaking to myself here. You can pull away from things and go, right now there's a moment that I could actually connect with my child. Right now I could say yes to that ping pong game here at my house or that story. Right now I could really take that moment. And sometimes it's literally a moment and look for an opportunity to teach them a little lesson or to encourage them or to laugh with them. So I think the intentionality is very moment by moment, but it all begins with us really um, living out our own faith walk the best we can and then letting that lead us into intentional parenting. Mm, I think that's so true because I always say that kids can sniff hypocrisy a mile away. (laughs) (laughs) So they are definitely the ones who will call us out on the carpet, especially Mm -hmm. as they get into their teen years because Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they recognize, oh, mom and dad aren't perfect. And Mm -hmm. oh gosh, I see this flaw in them and that flaw in them. And it can be a little bit intimidating at first because we're thinking, oh my goodness, am I going to lose my Mm -hmm. authority with my child? Um, But the, the truth is they will respect you more if you're willing to step back and say, you know what? I think that you might be right mm. about that. Like that is yes. a weak area for that me. That is huge. I, you know, I could really use your prayers mm-hmm. over that to help me not do that anymore or whatever. Definitely. And I would say that that's perhaps the biggest example we can be to them mm-hmm. is to how we handle it when we're wrong, when we mess exactly. up. Because we know our kids are going to mess up too and they're going to remember what we did and that's most likely how they're going to handle it. So staying humble, mm. staying dependent on the Lord every day, which means we need to be up and in the word and, and really, um, just just hiding scripture in our own hearts mm. so that it begins to form us into the kind of parents we want to be. I love that. I feel like um, the way to summarize this whole um, conversation is, um, yes, we can raise an amazing kids because we serve an amazing God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Mm. Well, would you close in a word of prayer, Monica? Thanks so much for being here with us today. Oh, it would be my honor. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for everybody listening and for the families that they represent. God, thank you that you've entrusted us with these little people who are already amazing because they're made in your image. And God, I just pray that you would give us the strength, the wisdom, the discernment, the the sense of humor, all the things we need to raise them well. God, help us to know that the pressure is not on us to be amazing, um, that you've already paid the price for our sins, that we have forgiveness through you, and that now we can walk in the freedom and the joy of, of being forgiven and being redeemed and now walking in that sanctification. So help us to model well, help us to teach well, help us to look for those little moments and um God, I just pray for the relationships between parents and children that um, that we would be able to let our children know they're loved by us, but even more, they're loved by you. So God, give us the strength to do well. Help us to remember Galatians 6, 9 that says, do not grow weary in doing good for in due season, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. So God, thank you for this privilege and uh, just pray that we'd glorify you and always say and do in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, moms, we're going to have all of the links in the show notes for Mm. ways that you can connect 
with Monica. Um, mm-hmm. I also want to tell you about an amazing summer leadership camp that my friends at Excel College host. We, it's no secret that now more than ever before, it's vital for our teens to learn to think critically and live wisely as they navigate the world and become who God made them to be. My friends at Excel College are passionate about helping young leaders learn to discern God's truth, discern wisely, and live wholeheartedly and have fun doing it. If the teen in your home wants to grow in their faith while building lifelong friendships and going on the adventure of a lifetime, send them to XL College's Summer Leadership Camp. It's a transformative journey where they will go on thrilling adventures like camping, rock climbing, and whitewater rafting, and receive expert training and certifications in categories from CPR to wilderness first aid. You can apply now at thexlcamp.org and select Dorinda Wilson for $100 off the camp. I will leave a link in the show notes. Have a great day, moms. Mm-hmm.